Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am Jesse Jackson, and I am so happy to welcome Andre today. Hello, Andre. Introduce yourself. Hi. Uh, well, I'm Andre. I mean, I don't pack the same punch that most Bruce fans do. I'm a lot younger than the average Bruce fan. I mean, I'm seeing more and more Bruce fans that are even younger than I, but it's nice to be in that age range where it's uh, kind of a unique uh, characteristic to be a Bruce fan. You know, that's one of the reasons I, and I actually just love talking to everyone. I, I'm a firm believer that every Bruce fan has a story and my podcast is goal is to get them all on the record. You reached out to me, I guess, after the Peter interview and said, you know, I'm a younger than normal Bruce fan. I think I should be on your show. And I said, absolutely. Thank you for being here. Hey, no pleasure. I mean, I was really looking forward to it most of my reading week. So there's that. Oh, good. Tell me how young are you, kind sir? I am the uh, young age of 19. Oh, wow. That is young. I, I suppose. I mean, contextually, yeah, it's young for a Bruce fan. But I mean, it's enough that I have some a glimpse of the life experience. Oh, absolutely. And you're in double digits, so it's not like you're nine, <laughs> you know, saying, hey, Mr. Jesse, how you doing? And where are you from, Andre? I, uh, I hail from Edmonton, Alberta in Canada. Okay. And for us Americans that are very, very ignorant of geography, where kind of Canada-wise is that? Uh, Canada-wise, I would, I mean, because I believe the apex of Canada is mostly Toronto. Okay. So if you were to imagine where my city is, I am about, I think it's a good estimate. I'm just, actually, no, a better estimate for you guys would be, uh, I'm just over the state of Montana. Okay. But at about... Oh, I'd say at least 150 miles north. Uh, for my previous job, I spent time in Winnipeg. All right. That was Minnesota, I guess, right? That's closer, you know, to that. Yes. As as my friends in Canada said, yeah, we're the non-pretty part of Canada. Yeah, it's the very flat part where you can watch yes. your dog run away for three days. The first time I went to Winnipeg, I had just seen the Winter Olympics. Uh, you know, and it's like, wow, I can't wait to go to Canada. So I land in Winnipeg and we get in the rental car and it looks like Plano, which is a Texas <laughs> suburb. <laughs> and it's like, hey, there's even a Dairy Queen here. How can there be a Dairy Queen in Canada? Yeah, I mean, you think it's cold enough up here that we don't need ice cream, but apparently yeah. it's, a, it's a thing that we like to indulge in, supposedly. I, I never made a Winnipeg, Canada uh, winter but I did go in November once, and it was pretty cold. I kept thinking that I should go in January, February, and earn the polar bear badge. Like uh, the Boy Scouts have a, if you sleep where it's frozen overnight, you get a polar bear badge. So I, I thought, you know, my work should have a polar bear badge. You went to the Winnipeg office. You're, tell me how you found Bruce. I mean, it was one of those things that I always listened to uh, the older rock stations here in town. Okay. Uh, Dad was a bigger influence on my music life. And I think it really started when it was a night after I had finished tutoring one of the kids that I used to tutor. He just picked me up in the car. Uh, Born to Run was playing on the radio. Okay. And my dad's not a very musically talented person in the sense that his uh, general cognition of music is not the best. Okay. However, what always blew his mind was that big um, 
I don't I, I for the lack of a better term like the switch uh in uh Born to Run where he does the countdown and then it jumps into the part with the highway jammed full Karen, of broken yeah. arrows. Yeah, kind of, and I, I think switch is a good way to do it. But you know where they kind of do the the break, and then it's almost yeah. he he changes gears and almost like okay, hey, let's go to the we're going to do a quick sprint to the finish. Yeah, and that's it. That was a really big part. Like that song. Well, when he was younger, that album came out when he was uh, let me think here. He was fifteen years old when that album came out. Okay. So okay. for him, Born to Run was like his teenage album. So Born to Run, the, uh, the track, not necessarily just the album, but the track yeah. really held a special place. So for him, it was a big deal that he was able to share this big moment of the switch with me. And he yeah. made sure to point it out and explain that the Bruce, the Bruce, sorry, that Bruce is the boss. Right. And that was a really important part. And that's where it started. I kind of started dabbling in Bruce's stuff. I was 16 back then, so it was mostly like uh, – I went home and downloaded the greatest hits, but uh, the one that was released in 1999, I believe. Yes. Okay. So the one, the song that really caught me onto him was "The River." Yeah. Okay. That one was, yeah, that one was probably the one that caught me. But a funny little story from when I was downloading that album. So I was downloading it off the public school Wi-Fi. Okay. In my high school, and apparently the album was big enough that it brought down the entire Wi-Fi <laughs> for a <laughs> amount. Yes. And that was they tracked it back down to my computer's IP address and they were asking like what on earth what was I doing that I brought down the entire Wi-Fi. And you know just being the, the little 16-year-old just going I just really wanted to download a Bruce album. <laughs> Apparently that was uh the twist for them that they didn't expect. So yeah, that was probably the big one was Born to Run in the River were the big ones that got me into Bruce Springsteen. Okay. So you mentioned your father was is he a big Bruce fan or he is uh, just he liked that song. He liked that album. He's got that uh he's got a lot of songs that mean a lot to him from Bruce. Okay. But I wouldn't say he's like a he's not a giant ultimate fan. Like he'd go to a concert if he was offered the opportunity. Okay. But he's a person who could probably just name the bigger hits okay. uh from the heyday. What kind of music was played when you were growing up? Like in my case, and I make this joke a lot. From the Blues Brothers, you know, my in my house it was both kinds, country and western. You know, <laughs> we I listened to a steady diet of you know Merle Haggard and Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn and all these country artists. Uh, how about you? Mine was well, I'm actually francophone by uh, bloodline and language, so okay. I listened to a lot of French music in general. Okay, but if I had to say for like mainstream stuff, it was a lot of. Uh, Doobie Brothers, Boston, okay. uh, U2. It was right. more of uh, my dad's sort of music versus what okay. was big in my time, or okay. my age, I should say. You you download the river and you get in trouble. <laughs> How much trouble did you get into, Andre? Oh, not much. I mean, they were just really curious because uh, we had someone in my grade who was notorious for purposefully taking down the school Wi-Fi or right. for, you know, purposefully installing viruses. Yes. And I happened to be his very good friend. So okay. <laughs> it was one of that one-on-one made too. So that's why they came barely down on me. But then they found out it was just to download an album. And they were more confused than they were upset. Uh, were you legally downloading it? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so you had, you had paid. Okay. You've talked about the river and you've talked about, you know, the Born to Run. You sound like it's it's more than just a casual fandom with you. Um, so talk to me a little bit about 
you know, what other music do you listen to? Or is it, are you like many of us where, you know, 90% of what's on the turntable, which is an outdated term, but like, you know, I'm on E Street Radio. If I'm listening to, I'm listening to Bruce almost 90% of the time. How about you? Yeah, I would say it's uh, most of my, well, I know that the, the comparison I use, the best comparison is that my iTunes catalog is about 12,000 songs deep. Yes. However, yes. Bruce Springsteen is about 1,200 of those. Yeah, I went out of my way to go find as many albums as I could, including like the Lost Masters collection, that kind of stuff. That's cool. Uh, so have you seen them live? No, actually, because by the time that I was really ready to actually join Bruce, uh, like the fandom, and to actually go see him live was at the time of release of Wrecking Ball. And at that time, he came to Edmonton. I recall not being in town when he came to Edmonton for Wrecking Ball. Um, and otherwise, for the High Hopes tour, he didn't come out to Canada. I have yet to see him live, but unfortunately, it's just been a circumstance of bad timings that I haven't had the opportunity. But similar story to me. I was a casual fan in, you know, I kind of knew. I graduated high school in 77, did not hear about him till right before The River was released. And a good friend of my uh, now wives had fell in love with him. She was going to school on the East Coast. And so I was a casual fan, um, like everyone else in America, you know, and in the world bought Born in the USA. But I was in a small town in Louisiana where you don't get many concerts. And then when I moved to Dallas back in 86, he was, anytime he came into Dallas, it just worked out. I couldn't see him. So I didn't see him until 2002. Uh, the Rising Tour, I just became obsessed once I saw him live. I went from being a, you know, casual fan, enjoying the music, to it sounds like you, right? Like, I'm looking for every album I can find. I'm looking for bootlegs. And I'm now up to 10 shows. Kind of small in the scope of Brewstom, but, you know, still, I, as I told my wife, hey, at least they, they hit double digits. <laughs> What do do you have a preference for since you kind of did the river and you did born to run? Do you have a preference for older material or newer material? Like let's say tunnel of love is the dividing part pre tunnel of love or post tunnel love. That's a, <clears throat> that's a really good question. I mean, both of them carry really good hits and I right. mean, just really good songs in general, but uh, geez, I mean, Tunnel of Love is one that I honestly, I think I really recently, I got to be within the past month that I really started paying attention to it. Yes. Because uh, I've been recently going by, you know, album by album, just listening to them. And I just hit up Tunnel of Love for the first time in a while. And I think, I mean, that's got to be probably up there in my top five from Bruce. So, I mean, that dividing line is very blurry to me because I think there is that era in the 90s that he had where he kind of split from the E Street Band. Yes. That to to be a little blunt, it it was pretty rough. Right. I mean, there were some good ones that came out of there, like if I should fall behind and Ghost of Tom Joad are obviously yeah. classics. And I personally think Better Days is one of my yeah. favorite songs of his. I, I love the theme of Better Days that, you know, not waiting for my you know, waiting for my life to begin. And to me, that's a message of enjoy the journey and don't just focus on when your ship comes in you have to enjoy all of life both good and bad because this is your life 
Absolutely. And I concur. That's, I mean, yeah, there's some great hits from that 90s era, but I think to probably go exact, give you the answer you're probably exactly not looking for is that both eras are incredible to me because they both show different parts of Bruce and how he grew. Okay. I think that's a very good answer. And say I had to pick one to live with for the rest of my life. Yeah. I would probably actually say, yeah, I got to say the pre-Tunnel of Love stuff. Okay, fair enough. When I hear a lot of fans complaining about why is he doing this song again, I always think about it's someone's first Bruce show. And if I went to a Bruce show and I did not hear him do Born to Run, I'm going to be a little disappointed, right? No, absolutely. I concur. And uh, I can agree with that. I mean, if I were to go to a Bruce concert, I would at least hope to hear one track from Born to Run, no matter what track it is. You'd hope right. to hear at least one because that, I mean, that's the album that I'm sure most people, like that was the Bruce album. Even, I mean, frankly, I haven't been to 10 Bruce concerts, so I can't tell you whether or not yeah. I might get annoyed of hearing it after a while, but I would yeah. assume that, you know, yeah. just the excitement of hearing that intro, that uh, that drum build up for Born to Run would still probably get me excited after hearing it more than you know, five will, times even. Yeah, I will tell you, and, and my good friend Sam um, would just as soon them drop Born to Run to get something else. Every time I hear that beginning, that drum, and they throw up the lights and he's out on the the stage and the fans are reaching up and playing his guitar during you know that break it is i get a thrill every time the first seven concerts i'd gone to i'd never heard thunder road live i'm like it just had not worked out that i had not heard thunder road i'm sure there's people tired of hearing thunder road but i want to hear them do it live at least once it's such a and to use the sports analogy right if thunder road isn't his greatest song it's in the discussion and i'm drawing a all i can all i can think of is in in hockey is gretzky and there is no discussion gretzky is the greatest you know, yeah, <laughs> there is a discussion about picture another picture another um outstanding hockey player right you're gonna go he's in the discussion of t top five players of all time. I got lucky during this in 2014, I went to three shows and all three shows he ended with Thunder Road. So I was like, okay, well, be careful what you wish for because, you know, that is the ending. And each time it was a thrill for me. I, I loved it. I can absolutely imagine that. I mean, yeah. But I think when I think of Thunder Road, I mean, I, it's probably, I got to say, it's probably the, my favorite Bruce Springsteen song ever. Yes. And whenever I think of Thunder Road, the big thing about Born to Run, that album, is that I really fell in love with it because that was the year I graduated from when I graduated from high school was the year that I yeah, my eighteen year was when I really started getting into Bruce, like right. really heavy getting into him. And I recall that I was on my graduation committee and I had proposed to uh, have Thunder Road as one of our graduation songs. Right. And that didn't entirely play out. I mean, it was, a, again, it was a group that wanted something a little more from our generation, which was fine. But I also worked at a summer camp that was about two hours out of town. And whenever I think of Thunder Road, I definitely think about driving out through the very boring plains of Alberta. Yeah. But nonetheless, I can always picture Thunder Road whenever I think about working at the summer camp I worked at. Yes. So I, mean, I just wonder whether or not, if, say, I were to see Thunder Road live, would I then start like associating it with that concert, or would I still forever associate it with that drive out? 
I, I will tell you that when I Land of Hope and Dreams is one of my favorite songs. And I think if I had to pick a favorite song of Bruce's most days, I would pick Land of Hope and Dreams. It has a lot of personal emotions. Uh, we had uh, some family problems and I was playing it for my son that faith will be rewarded and, you know, dreams will not be thwarted. And when my, I had a good friend of mine die a couple of years ago unexpectedly. And when I spoke at his funeral, I quoted Land of Hope and Dreams. 2011, when my father died, I quoted it at his funeral. Though I did make the joke, it seemed wrong that I wasn't quoting Johnny Cash at my dad's funeral. <laughs> but when I hear it live, all those memories come flooding back to me, to quote Bruce, but they're yeah, happy so. memories. You know, they, they it doesn't. So I think, not to put you in that emotion, but Andre, I think it would make you feel, you would you would be back at that road and you would be driving and you would feel that emotion. That's, I think what would be for me. And that's, that's very cool. Oh, for the, sure. I mean, I yeah. love Land of Open Dreams. That's yeah. such a, that is such a good song. I, I mean, now that I know you really like that song, I'm sure you'd be pleased to hear that at the summer camp I worked at, we yes. wound up adopting that as one of our songs. Nice. Because at the end of the night, we do the thing where we have a big campfire and we sing songs and like yes. funny songs, do skits. But there's a part where we teach and reflect on the day. And we do sing like a, a bit more serious songs, uh, right. you know, like "Lean on Me." I shouldn't say that's serious, but you know, no, but "Lean I on Me." And, uh, yeah, I can't remember the other one. The one from the Beatles. Oh my gosh, I feel bad for forgetting it. Mother Mary comes yeah. to me speaking words of wisdom. I can't remember be. the name of that song. Let it be. Yes, let it be. Okay. And that was it. This year, I finally it was, I finally built up the courage. A, but B. They finally asked me to bring a song to camp, and that was the one that I brought was Land of Hope and Dreams. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was really fun because that was the last song that I recall playing at summer camp before the summer ended. So that was, I mean, that was a blast just to know that I was able to play Bruce before my summer came to a close. What uh, age group of kids are at the camp? Um, it can vary from the, on the week, but the uh, ages go from 8 to 18, but the last week is our teenage week. Okay. So that's when it's uh, kids from the ages of 12 through to 18 that come out. I think if they listen, you know, Land of Hope and Dreams is going to, it, it is a great message. It is a great song. And so that's, that's a cool story. That's very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, they, for the ones who had never heard it, which were most of them, uh, they really yeah. seem to enjoy it. And I mean, once the, uh, that was one of the things at summer camp is that, uh, we, we also do a lot of dances and stuff and they play Cadillac Ranch, but they play the dirty, uh, nitty gritty dirt band version. Yes. Which I love. And, I'm a big nitty gritty yep. dirt band fan. So yes, it is definitely the more dance dancey one. It's yes, easier to dance. Absolutely. To. However, the one week that they made the mistake of allowing me to DJ <laughs> was I found out that I don't have the nitty, dirt, uh, nitty gritty dirt band on my computer for whatever yeah. reason so in place i played the uh bruce springsteen version as soon as it started uh, a lot of my friends uh you know they turn they turn and just give me that look the the look of oh yeah you found a way to sneak in bruce to the party <laughs> oh i this is awesome so my son is not a big bruce fan and my wife tolerates my obsession though after <laughs> seeing him um, we went in 2012 
we drove, uh, we had not, and I'm sorry, listeners, you're hearing this story again, but we drove up to Cleveland to see him because he wasn't coming anywhere close to Texas, and she did homework. She, in the car, she Googled lyrics and listened to songs. I, I gave her albums. She had listened to Wrecking Ball, which she personally, she really loves that album. She thinks it's one of his best albums. And, you know, so when she saw him live, um, first off, she got the biggest crush on Max. She decided <laughs> that Max is just, and she was, these guys are in their 60s. They're doing a three-hour show. Um, yeah. So she tolerates my obsession, but when there's a chance to see him live, she's like, yes, I will go. But they make fun of me, too. Um, we just drove back from Florida, which is about a 12-hour drive, and we split it up over two days. Um, it was my wife, her sister, and me in the car on the way back, and my wife's like, is he beating you down with Bruce again? And my <laughs> sister-in-law's like, no, he let me listen to some 90s stuff too, and you know, he's been fair, because if it was up to me, it'd be all Bruce all the time. <laughs> yeah, I can feel you on that one, definitely, absolutely. Well, there's such a diverse catalog that no matter what your mood you've got something that fits it then with the ability to download shows you know you can kind of get the feeling of that and everything that's good very nice andre you've talked about born to run and you've talked about the river but is there another album maybe past that um you know tunnel of love that means a lot to you yeah i would have to definitely say the rising the rising is a I mean, it's just a an instrumental album for Bruce, but I mean, it was also an instrumental album for you guys in America with your like the nine eleven experience. But yeah, it's also really big for us Canadians with the nine eleven experience as well. And um, why is that? I mean, you know, obviously the world was affected by you know the towers coming down in nine eleven. But was there something special that made you have that feeling about the nine eleven tragedies? Yeah, well, I mean. When 9-11 happened, I was I was really young. I think I was five years old. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, pretty sure I was five or four years old. I was in kindergarten. I recall watching, you know, uh, <clears throat> my morning cartoons on CBC, which is our public channel, uh, the PBS of Canada, if you will. So I'm, I'm going to uh, stop you there. You just made ton of us feel incredibly old. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just joking. I mean, just it is. It's just in perspective, right? Uh, you know, my son was like 12 or 14 when it happened. So yes, but anyway, okay. So you're yeah, in so kindergarten, and uh, yeah. so yes, you remember seeing this. Go ahead. Yeah, we were watching cartoons, and all of a sudden, you know, flashed up. And the morning host, I can't remember her name, uh, was like, "Hey, like, you know, it's been canceled." And all of a sudden, it was the shot of uh, the first tower uh, with the smoke building out of it. Yeah. And all of a sudden in Canada, there were two big news stories going on. There was the story of what was happening in New York, what happened in Pentagon, in the Pentagon, sorry. Right. And then there was the other story, which was the maritime provinces in Canada. So uh, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, and uh, Newfoundland and Labrador, where all of a sudden all these American planes that couldn't get home because everything was shut down were stranded uh, in our provinces. And a lot of the residents, you know, took them into their own homes. And to me, it struck a chord when I first heard uh, the title track of The Rising, The Rising. Yes. Uh, yes. Both coming up hand in hand and uh, 
you know, making your way through the billowing smoke and everything. I thought it was really big because obviously, again, 9-11 played a lot harder on you Americans than it did on us up here. But it was such a big day of unification between Canada and the States about how, you know, Canada first responded with sending people out to help you guys, but also being able to help the Americans who were stranded in Canada the best that we could. And I thought, I thought the rising was just such an interesting perspective because obviously it was written more about the American people rising. But personally speaking, as a Canadian, it was very much about the unity that our countries showed to each other about helping each other in that time of need. You know, I was in Winnipeg a few years ago um, on on November 11th. You know, we call it Veterans Day, but you guys call it Remembrance Day, right? Is that I'm getting it right? And I was amazed at how big of a holiday that is for your country yes Um, it's it's huge and and it is truly is about prayer for peace and and a a, a, you know a hope for to mix our metaphors john lennon's you know imagine uh, where in and i was just touched by that and so i can imagine um it does so happen the rising is the one song that i've heard at all 10 of my shows Every yeah, which is I, I would not have thought, but it is the song I've heard, and it is such a powerful song. I don't know if you've gone back, but on the anniversary of 9/11 this year, um, Colleen, who is a Bruce Bud from the um, Chicago area, joined me, and we went through each track through the Rising and discussed it. Uh, but I'd love to do it again with you from a different perspective. But if you want to hear that episode, I, I think you'd enjoy it. Um, it is a very special album and, um, and, and one of my sons, um, he loves the rising and he, you know, he loves city of ruins and, um, such a powerful song. In fact, you know, the right after nine 11, when they do the, they did the telethon to raise money and opening with Bruce and the E street band. And I had not gone to the greatest hits tour. So to me, this was kind of my first thought of seeing them together again and to see little Steven, not as a Sopranos character, you know, and, and Patty and them singing is such a powerful, I mean, a touchstone of um in my mind of you know this and i like how you put it a sense of unity yeah and i mean i can imagine like obviously i wasn't even alive when bruce and his band broke up yeah but i can imagine the importance of it of them getting back together i mean the closest thing that i can compare it to is uh i'm also a very big blink 182 fan and when they got back together back in 2010 like that's how i imagine it felt for bruce fans like you know that your band is coming back and they're sticking together. Granted, Blink-182 didn't stick together for much longer. Yeah. But I can understand that feeling of coming together where it's like, cool, things are back to where they're supposed to be. Yeah, and as much as, you know, we miss Danny and we miss Clarence, in a lot of ways, the this latest band that was on the Wrecking Ball and the High Hopes Tour is as good as he's ever had with the horn section and the background. I mean, I call it the E Street Orchestra, right? It is just yeah. such a powerful 
uh, group of musicians. So very nice. Um, thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it. You've already talked a little bit about summer camp. Do you have other special memories or stories Bruce related? Um, how about your, your friends seem to be good naturedly kind of rolling their eyes at your obsession. Do you have any <laughs> stories to tell about that? Uh, well, again, it, <clears throat> most of my uh, summer camp friends are also friends from my current university life. So it's nice to have that carry over. But that was a big thing was uh, we did a thing for camp where our, um, as a staff member, you help out the counselors who are volunteers that take care of the kids. Right. And so to reward them, we do it like every time we do like a pizza party and some sort of activity. And this year we did a uh, amazing race activity. Okay. And one of the stations was a trivia station where they had to answer questions about each staff member. And uh, one of the staff member questions was who wrote, who originally wrote Cadillac ranch. And that was because unfortunately I couldn't make it out to the event. So they made sure to have a question that people would just immediately associate to me. Yes. So that was absolutely nice. And I mean, otherwise uh, a lot of it was definitely that I recently went through a, uh, I, I I should say harsh, but it really wasn't that harsh. But it was a difficult, yeah, would be the word, uh, breakup with a girlfriend of mine that I'd been dating for about a year and a half now. Okay. And the reason that Bruce shows up, it's not that I broke up with her because of Bruce, but I broke up through the fact uh, – I didn't break up. But it was more that I was able to start playing guitar again, which I hadn't done for a long time. Yeah. And uh, – the first song that I learned was uh, "One Step Up," so that was really big for me because that was one of my that's one of my favorite songs, and yeah. it was nice that I was able to yeah. just have time to pick up the guitar again and just learn that song. Otherwise, I mean, I'm sure there's little stories that I'm forgetting here and there, but a lot of my stories about Bruce involve just you know meeting people and just sharing that quick conversation of how we both have that passion for uh, Bruce. By the way, if you have not downloaded or done a Yahoo search, you know, a YouTube search, um, someone did a sign request at the Houston show in 2014. The It was uh, May 2014. Um, someone had One Step Up as a sign request, and they mentioned that it, the whole band had not played it since, like, you know, a Tunnel of Love tour or something. And so um, they played it, and it was mostly... Bruce on guitar with Patty singing backup. But I agree with you. That's a song that you don't hear live much. And it was, I like that song a lot. I, I believe, you know, that tunnel love can be dated with all the synthesizers and such, but there is yeah. a lot of great songs on that, that, you know, someone talked about this once that it's an album exploring a marriage falling apart uh, yeah, and and I I get that, and I could see, um, you know, we've all had our hearts broken, and I don't know if you've seen the Springsteen and I documentary. Yes, yeah, uh, yes, you I know do. where the guy were like Bruce, I got dumped, you know, and Bruce kind of talks about him, but it is that, you know, that that feel and that going there is um, really really nice. Um, well, I'm glad you're playing music. Uh, guitar again that's that's always good what are you studying in university i am uh, studying education right now um okay. i don't know how it works down in the states but we have a program called social studies i don't know if you guys have that down there i don't think so but continue i'm i'm interested social studies 
is a collection of uh, geography, history, uh, economics, and I would add politics, I guess, is a class that uh, englobes all four of those into one class. It's, so it's basically a big nerd fest. Yes, yeah, certainly, especially in elementary school and and I believe high school, but there you'd actually have a, a social studies subject and it is kind of geography and everything mixed together you know not necessarily history but a little bit of everything thrown in together so yes i'm very aware um so is that your major do you want to teach for that well uh yes in a way i don't plan on teaching for too long because my goal is to become a high school principal oh okay but uh, to get there you got to start somewhere so my major is in uh social studies but my minor is in english okay and so ultimately you want to get out of the classroom and more in the administrative end yes absolutely um and we're getting way off topic but i'm fascinated by this (laughs) uh why why do you want to get into the management part of of schools well when i initially started university i started with the uh aspect of political science yes because uh, I love politics in general. I mean, granted, yeah. politics are a little different between uh, your country and my country. But the Canadian politics is really weird because we have that whole law of um, bilingual, bilinguality up here. Yes. Uh, because English and French are our official languages. And I, I frequented a Francophone school. And the funding was subpar for the Francophone schools. Interesting. And uh, that was a result. I mean, there was a result of many things. The fact that uh, I live in a very Anglo-dominant community and I'm Francophone and we aren't many. Alberta has a population of about, I think, 1.5 million people. Okay. And I think about, or I like to, sorry, it's about 2 million people and about 500,000 of us are Francophones. Okay. Um, Because you you certainly, it's Quebec, right? Where it's very predominantly French and you hear... The other languages um that's i could see that would be a very interesting you know i live in texas where a very strong hispanic population and um a lot of things are both in english and spanish even though um english is our well we don't have an official language uh in but you know so they will have a lot of state forms and government forms are both in spanish and in english so and I take it you want to make a difference for that. Well, it'd be ideal. I mean, I'm not saying that the leadership isn't strong in the French community, but yeah, we have a – it's a group of people that – basically there was a big rebellion, uh, not a violent rebellion, but it was a very yeah. uh, cultural rebellion that happened back in the early 90s with the Francophone community. And what happened is that we kind of hit a stalemate where it continues to be the same families who are running the business sort of thing. Right. And uh, it'd just be nice to have some new blood injected, if I may say, because it's uh, just getting a little bit dated that it's people hiring their friends and people hiring, you know, close contacts. And uh, it's becoming more of a political issue within the French community than anything else. Yeah. And it's uh, and and I actually because I see this tying to your Bruce fandom because Bruce is very socially active. He is very um, political and. He is very, you know, none of us win unless all of us win. And and there is that sense of 
community and caring about it. I I love we take care of our own. Yeah. For the because we aren't taking care of our own. And the plea at the end to talk about, you know, where is the work that will set my hands free? Um, I can see that tying into your, and I'm, you know, I've been talking to you 40 minutes and I'm reading into your life, but based on <laughs> a little bit we talked, I can see that Bruce's music feeding that part of you along with you trying to make things better. No, absolutely. I can, I, I would be very inclined to agree. And I, I mean, another big part is that I sit on a, an executive committee for Francophone music in Alberta. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, it was it was with the past government. I don't know if you've heard down there, but we have a new elected government. Yes. Which is a lot more like the Obama administration. It's a lot more uh, left wing democratic. Okay. Yes. Uh, we our our equivalent of the Republican Party was in control for a long time. Yes. And uh, I'm not trying to speak ill of anybody, but what happened is we lost a lot of our funding uh, just through cuts, and uh, it was starting to become real hard for us to be producing music like we had been yeah uh it was hard for us to get kids involved in francophone music and, and uh, with this new government there's a little more hope that kind of shows up with that which is really big for us too yeah my my sister was a, a huge in the band when she was in high school i you know sang in the chorus and um i i believe in I believe in sports and don't get me wrong. That's what my son loved. And he was active in every sports, but I believe that the liberal arts and the, you know, art and music and, and, and all these other kind of curricular activities help someone be a better rounded person. Um, and it is, um, I remember when my son went to, um, you know, university or as we call it college and um even though it's stephen f austin university you just tend to call it college and you know he said the guy talking about said why if you're going to major in business do we make you take a foreign language why do we make you take electives because we want you to be a learned individual we want you to be a well-rounded representative of our university and uh, I think that's a great work and absolutely wonderful. Andre, you've not seen him live. By the way, I, I'm um, there is a Bruce the Winnipeg Twitter account that is very active at getting him up to Canada. We're hoping to have him on the show shortly. Let's say he gets there and close enough where you can drive and go. Or if he comes to Dallas and you say, hey, Jesse, if I can get to Dallas, can I crash at your couch? Do you have a handful of songs you want to hear him? And I realize you're just going to be thrilled to hear anything. But are there four or five that you'd go, yeah, if I had a bingo card to scratch off, this would be my top wish list? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um I definitely got to, I mean, on the top of the list, I know that this one's a bit more of an, I won't say it's obscure, but I really love the song Frankie Fell in Love. Oh, I love that song from High And I would Free. love to see that. Yeah. Yeah, that would, that would be great. Uh, Rosalita is another big one. Yes. Um, and I will tell you, I was not a big fan of Rosalita 
till I saw him do it live. And oh, all of a sudden I went, wow, I, you know, and it's not that I didn't like it. It just was kind of there and seeing him live, just that energy, I kind of fell in love with it all over again. You know, you discover, um, Carl Wilson was a, a member of the Beach Boys and he talked about that as they were touring, he got tired of singing certain songs. Like he says, if I never had to sing Help Me Rhonda again, I would be so grateful. And he talked about at one show, he was singing Help Me Rhonda in the background and he looked out and saw the audience joy. And all of a sudden he got a renewed sense of the joy of doing some of these songs so that's with me i went you know i i see that rosalita joy and now then when he does it live i i'm just you know i i have a great time um yeah, continue. I'm sorry. yeah no i don't blame you i mean that's a song yeah. that even in the studio recording just has so much energy mm -hmm. and it's so big um another song that i'd really like to hear him sing i wrote a, a very important paper last year on this one uh, but would be Downbound Train. Ah. Uh, I know it's one of the more obscure, lesser, welcome track stuff yeah. for the USA. Uh, however, there's just something about the way that the chords in that sound match his voice and mm -hmm. what the, like, the atmosphere of the song. They come together so well. Um, my brother's favorite song, by the way. What um, is... What was your paper about? Uh, we had to write uh, basically a paper analyzing the either a movie, music, or story, I believe. Okay. And hidden imagery within the actual, like the actuality of the production. Okay. So it was basically I just wrote a big Bruce paper. <laughs> that uh, is greatness. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was what... I took one song from every album. Oh, nice. uh, as I said, it was a huge paper. Oh, that's, and, that's uh, great. It was awesome. I mean, that was it for more of the USA. I chose downbound train. Okay. Uh, a, because it was a little bit easier because I was trying to explore some pretty interesting stuff. So I needed something that was going to be somewhat easier for me to analyze. All right. But also just that song was probably the first Bruce song that I learned how to play to on the guitar. Okay. And, and it is a song about so much has gone wrong with the you know narrator's life yet there yeah. is some joy there still is hope in this and that's one of the things that i think is powerful about bruce he can write some dark music but in almost all of the songs there is a kernel of hope even nebraska you know yeah. has reason to believe um you yeah, know absolutely. as a track yeah and that's it i mean so there's all that. I understand that Downbound Train is one of the uh, singles that people weren't necessarily the warmest to, but sure. I really do enjoy that one. Okay, good. So far, uh, like in your list. I really, if I had to take a track off Born to Run, mm -hmm. that's not that's not Jungle Land. Yes. Uh, probably Night. Oh, nice. Okay, I can see that. I love the excitement of that song. Like just the opening part with the screaming of the saxophone. It just, I mean, that was just the best when i first heard it that one caught me off guard because i wasn't expecting that do you have a couple more point blank would be a nice one to hear yes i can i could see that absolutely the rising 
And one that's a little more obscure and probably very like a local thing, as in a Alberta local thing. Yes. I mean, there's not much Canadiana music out there, and the little that there is, I mean, we produce some pretty not popular people, like uh, you know Justin Bieber and uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes. But just for giggles, and honestly, just for giggles, I would love to see Bruce cover a song from Nickelback. Okay, there you go. I can see that. That would be something that people would be so taken aback by mm-hmm. because of how gutsy it is. Because clearly, not a lot of people support Nickelback, which is fine. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's really rough to support them just in general. However, mm-hmm. I think if Bruce covered that, that would blow people away because of how just the astronomical odds of him doing that. Because a band called Arcade Fire came through Canada. Well, I guess they are Canadian, but mm-hmm. they came by every city that they played in. They played something that had to do with that city. So like a band yeah. that was from that city. So when they came to Edmonton, I expected them to play Nickelback, but they actually played the Back to the Future theme song Oh, because okay. uh, Michael J. Fox is from here. Bruce did that with his Australian tour, this, yes. you know, where he did Staying Alive, which was a great version, um, you know, Highway to Hell. In the Dallas show for the uh, college basketball tournament last year when he did it, you know, he opened with Van Halen's Jump. Um, which was a great cover. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be kind of fun. Um, I'm originally from Louisiana, and so on my wish list is to have them do Jolie Blanc. Um, you know, he did it on Australia as a sign request, and um, probably does a week does not go by where I don't go to YouTube and watch them, you know, play that song. So uh, that is great. I like that a lot. So, you know what I think we should do? In the next couple of weeks is I want you to think about an album you want to talk to me about and let's schedule another session and let you and I go through the album track by track and kind of talk about it if you'd want to. Sure. I think that'd yeah, be a lot of fun. I, I think yeah. I'd like from your perspective as a fairly new Bruce fan and also from your point in your life journey i think that could be an interesting discussion i've already been impressed with the kind of discussion you've had on different songs and i think going through an album would be a lot of fun with you i concur i'd love to do that i mean as i said i'm always ready to talk bruce all right very nice so andre thank you so much for being with me and talking this has been a blast any last thoughts or things you want to share i mean there's lots i'd love to share but I mean, I think I was awesome. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to talk, Bruce. It's really nice also just to have the experience of sharing it with someone else who's as big of a, well, if not bigger, super fan. <laughs> oh, so thank you. That's very kind of you. But yeah, no, it was very pleasant. I enjoyed it a lot. So if someone wants to reach you, um, how can they? The best way to reach me, especially because I'm uh, over in the other country, would probably be through my uh, email. Okay. A Prevost. Prevost is in, I don't know, do you guys have the Prevost bus lines out there? I do like not the, think so. Okay. Okay. But yeah, Prevost is in P R E uh, V as in Victor O S T. So A Prevost at U Alberta. Okay. Uh, so literally letter U and the province of Alberta. So A L B E R T A. Okay. Uh, dot C A. Okay. Very nice. That's the yeah. best way to do that because I check my emails frequently because that's what okay. life has come to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Twitter account? Uh, yes, Twitter account would be at the Andre Prevost. And if you 
listener want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce and all that implies, please send an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We do have a Facebook page and a Twitter account at setlustingbruce. We would appreciate you going to iTunes to rate and review us or on Stitcher. It helps people find us. I got to say again, Andre, this was a blast. Um, you are a great Bruce fan, and I love your perspective. And uh, we're going to have to have you on again. Perfect. I loved you. Thanks so much for having me once again. Good. And so we're going to close with, and this one we hear a lot, the highways jammed with broken heroes on a last chance power drive. Everyone's out on the run tonight, but there's no place left to hide. Together, Wendy, we can live with the sadness. I love you with all the madness in my soul. Someday, girl, I don't know when we're going to get to that place where we really want to go and we'll walk in the sun. But till then, tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. Thanks, Andre. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.